church, and welcome to those who are watching online. Let's stand as we worship the Lord on this Palm Sunday.
Thank the Lord Jesus for taking our place this morning. Amen. Church, you may be seated. As you came in this morning, you should have received a uh, Lord's Supper cup. Well, communion cup. And there's a test this morning to see if you can figure out how to open it. This is something that we do to help us to remember what Jesus did for us on the cross. And this is this is Palm Sunday. This is Easter week. And I just for a moment want you to think about that very first Lord's Supper. I want you to think about Jesus at the table with his disciples. And Jesus knows things, right? He knows what's coming. That one of his disciples is betrayed. And so there's all these emotions, and I'm wondering this morning, you're here in church, and it's awesome that you're here, it's awesome that you're watching, but maybe there's just so much going on in the background of your life, and you're having a hard time just finding some peace this morning. So I just want us to bow our heads just for a moment and just give this moment to God. And so just uh, close your eyes, wherever you are, bow your head, prepare yourself, examine yourself. Be still. Christian, if you are a believer this morning, we invite you to participate in this. If you'll open that first flap there.
This juice represents the blood of Jesus. It's the atoning blood that was shed. So much symbolism and significance in the scriptures of the blood. So let's just pray for a moment. God, we just, we remember the beatings, the, the piercing, the flogging, the ridicule. Lord, that your blood was given. Holy, pure, perfect sacrifice. God, you erased our sin. You paid for our sin. You took it upon all the sins. My sins, your sins, everyone's sins on the cross, God. And in faith, we believe this. And we thank you, Lord. And so, Lord, as we drink this this morning, God, we do so acknowledging your sacrifice. The sacrifice that came at the highest price.
Pastor Jeremy. Thank you, worship team, for leading us in some awesome music this morning. Welcome to Anastasia Baptist Church on this Palm Sunday. My name is Pastor Jeremy. I'm one of the pastors on staff. And we have Miss Tamara here joining me for the announcement this morning. I want to welcome you if you're our guest. Did you know that Palm Sunday is the day that we celebrate when Jesus came into Jerusalem? There's a story in the Bible how Jesus came into Jerusalem on a donkey. That was to uh, fulfill a prophecy that he would be the Messiah. He came into Jerusalem. They laid their clothes down. They laid palm branches down. And they welcomed him into the city as a triumphant king. That was a historical tradition for triumphant, victorious kings to come into the city. And they would say, hail the conquering king. And they would lay down clothes and palm branches. This was incredibly uh, symbolic. And that's what sets off then the week, the Passion Week, where Jesus, we know that he was led to the cross where he died and we celebrate how he rose again on Easter. This is an amazing week in our faith. And I'm glad that you guys are here to start it off with us. So um, if you're a visitor, if you're a, if you're a guest with us this morning, we want to say thank you for coming this morning, and we would love to share with you a little gift out in our welcome desk. We have a gift for you, but we also have a, a, a digital connect card. If you would text go to connect to seven seven four one one. That'll pull up our digital connect card. You can fill that out. Let us know that you showed up today, and um, we can help you get connected to some great people and ministries at our church. Tamara? Also, to celebrate the week of Easter, we are bringing back our annual Easter egg hunt. We were not able to do that last year, but we're super excited to do that this Saturday, April the 3rd. Registration is full, so we are closed and accepting more children, which is a great thing that we have reached that limit. We are still in need of two things, volunteers and donations of individually wrapped bags of candy. Donations of candy can be dropped off at the office anytime this week, Monday through Friday. And on Friday from 9 to 12, we will be in the atrium setting up, preparing for the egg hunt. So if you have any time that you would like to give us to help either on Saturday as we, Friday as we prepare or Saturday, the actual day of the hunt at 10, 10 a.m., please contact me or Becky Yeoman at the church office and we will give you more information about that. Also, another way that we are gearing back to doing things on campus with our families, Vacation Bible School is happening in person this summer. We are so, so excited about that. That is amazing. So the third week of June, I'm questioning myself on the dates. I believe it's the 21st through the 25th, Monday through Friday. We are having Vacation Bible School for children entering first grade through those entering sixth grade in the fall. We are always in need of volunteers, and you, church family, always are so generous with your time. We already have several dads who have taken a week of vacation to help us in Vacation Bible School. What a blessing that is. So if you would love to help us out, there are many ways to serve. You do not have to be a lead teacher. We would love to talk to you and explain to you what those opportunities are. And again, you can contact myself or Becky Yeoman. Also, we want to encourage you, next week is Easter. It's going to be an awesome, awesome week. And most people that don't ever go to church, they will come on Easter. And so, but a lot of people won't come unless they're invited. So we want to encourage you to invite your friends, your neighbors, your family, anybody you've been thinking about, you know what, I need to share the gospel with that person. I need to invite that person to church. This is your time. This is like the one big time that we want to encourage you to invite a friend to church. And so 
go across the uh, across the street, go across the aisle, go down the hallway in your in your work. Get some of our inviter cards. We're going to be handing them out as you as you leave the uh, the CLC this morning, and um, and invite some friends and neighbors because they need to hear the gospel. They need to they need Jesus, and we need to get them in this in this room. So invite your neighbors, your friends and family for next week at Easter. It's going to be an awesome week, and I can't wait. I'm super excited. Thank you guys so much. Have a great Sunday. Giving, yes. I, I think well. because your shirt looks so good this morning that you should pray for yeah. our... All right, yes. I can pray for us. I don't mind talking to God. Amen. God, we thank you for what you're doing here at the church. We thank you for, for who you are. You, Lord, we celebrate that you are the King of kings, the Lord of lords. We claim you right now as our king and we recognize that we remember it on this palm sunday god we thank you so much for what you're doing in our church and as people give their tithes and their offerings in so many ways lord we pray that you will use it for your glory and for your fame and for your purpose and for your will not ours god we pray that you will multiply our efforts to do what only you can do we love you and it's in jesus name we pray amen Amen. Amen. Man, it's good to see all of you here today. Hosanna in the highest. He's our king, right? Salvation comes in the name of the Lord. Holy week. This is amazing. Uh, we have all kinds of uh, opportunities uh, to invite people to come. Uh, we have a website. It's called Easter at Anastasia.com. If you go there, it tells you what we're doing at every campus. One of the neat things that we're doing is uh, we put together all the campuses together. We put together a daily devotional video devotion for you. If you go to Easter at Anastasia.com, you can find how to maybe uh, sign up for that. Go to that every day. And let's make this week special in your heart. Okay. Can you do that? Yeah, let's make it. This is a special week. We're celebrating next week that Jesus Christ is risen. That's amazing. Woo, yeah, yeah. Let's give it up for the Lord. Uh, also, uh, want to let you know those invite cards, just take a bunch of them. Just give them out, okay? People need to know the, the sweetest thing you can give them is not candy. It's a, a relationship with Jesus Christ. And so you can do that. And, and let me share with you, we, we've been working very hard to try to make sure we're accommodating those people with social distancing. Guys, can I be very honest with you? I don't know what's going to happen about Easter. I don't know who's going to come, who's not going to come. Those of you online, I don't know. If you're coming back, I want you to come back. But, but let me tell you, I prayed about this, how to deal with social distancing and all those COVID protocols and stuff. And, and here's what God has laid in my heart. We're not going to turn anybody away next week. Okay? So if social distancing is a thing for you, you know you may need to be watching online next week. But if you can come, we just, we just want to gather. We're not going to turn anyone away that wants to worship Jesus Christ, the risen Lord. And thank you for your patience and understanding. A hard decision, but we think it's the right decision. Because we don't want anyone to go into eternity without our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Uh, forgiving them of their sins and giving them direction there. Okay? Yeah. Hey, um, would you please turn in your Bibles? We're going to be reading that passage where Jesus made that triumphant entry into Jerusalem. It's John chapter 12, John chapter 12, verse 12. And would you please stand with me in honor of God's word as we get into this message? It says this, John chapter 12, verse 12, the next day. The large crowd that had come to the feast heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem. So they took branches of palm trees and they went out to meet him crying, Hosanna, 
Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, even the king of Israel. And Jesus found a young donkey and sat on it, just as it writ- just as it is written, Fear not, daughter of Zion. Behold, your king is coming, sitting on a donkey's colt. His disciples did not understand these things at first, but when Jesus was glorified, then they remembered that these things had been written about him and had been done to him. The crowd that had been with him when he called Lazarus out of the tomb and raised him from the dead continued to bear reason, bear witness, excuse me. The reason why the crowd went to meet him was that they heard he'd done this sign. So the Pharisees said to one another, you see that you're, you're gaining nothing. Look, the world's gone after him. And now among those who went up to worship at the feast were some Greeks. So these came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida in Galilee, and asked him, Sir, we wish to see Jesus. And Philip went and told Andrew, and Andrew and Philip went and told Jesus. And Jesus answered them, Thou hast come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Whoever loves his life loses it. Whoever hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. If anyone serves me, he must follow me. And where I am, there will my servant be also. If anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. Lord Jesus, I just thank you for these words. And Lord, on that amazing day, Lord, this just so poignant teaching, this deep teaching, Lord, help us to understand it. Lord, let your Holy Spirit penetrate our hearts and help us to follow it. And Lord, uh, let your name be glorified. In your precious name of Jesus, we pray. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. Okay, you may be seated. So here we are. This is this triumphant entry of Jesus into Jerusalem. This is just before he's crucified. On Friday, he comes in. He's coming in as as the conquering king. Okay, he's coming in, not conquering king, but the, the king in honor and glory. And they're recognizing him as is is just amazing in his power and popularity. And John records that an amazing contrast that happens because in the midst of all this commotion, all this uproar, all of this celebration, there are some side conversations that are going on. Two of them he mentions in this passage and they're they're quite distinct from each other. One conversation is in verse 19 and the Pharisees, uh, their religious leaders, they were talking to each other and what they're saying is, look, our... Our popularity is not growing with this thing. This, they're going after him. Our poll numbers are going down. What are we going to do? Um, and then uh, they were noticing that they were being pushed aside because people were now giving attention and honor, not to the Pharisees, but to Jesus. And then there's another conversation that goes on. And this is a conversation uh, where people that are called the Greeks, they're the opposite of the Jewish religious leaders. These are actually non-Jewish people. They were in attendance. Uh, they wanted to get closer to Jesus. And these Greeks were probably God-fearers. These are people that had heard of the covenant of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. They heard of this covenant. And because of that, they had been drawn closer to God through the Hebrew faith. And as they're getting drawn, drawn closer to God, they hear about Jesus and they want to know about Jesus. And so they went to Philip uh, and, uh, you know, Philip was from, it says, Bethsaida. That area was near a place called the Decapolis, where there were 10 Roman cities, the Decapolis. And so a lot of Gentiles lived there. And so maybe they thought Philip being from that area would be, um, would be open to talking to them about getting to meet Jesus and making that connection. And the next thing that follows reminds me of when I was in high school. Because I like, okay, and so they went to Philip, and Philip went to Andrew, and Andrew and Philip went to see Jesus, you know. And it's like... 
that kind of thing, you know. I, I, I'm looking at this going, wow, okay. That's very interesting. You know, all the details of, of how all that went down. But uh, anyway, they went there, and, and in the midst of all this, Jesus gives this amazing teaching. You know, in, in the midst of this, he, remember, he's coming down, there's all this honor and this attention and this popularity on him. I mean, they're just really going after Jesus and saying, man, you are, you are it. You are the king. You're the one we're waiting for. And he says, he says, you know, but now is the time for something even more. Well, what more could you have than all the attention and the popularity and, and the power that could go with that? He said, now it's time for something more. He said, there's something more than the glory, the wealth, and the influence that we gather on earth. And he gave this amazing teaching about dying to self and living for eternity. And what he basically said is this, we need to release earth if we wanna receive eternity. We need to release earth if we wanna have room to receive eternity. And he gave the illustration of a seed. And seeds are great. You know, we use a lot of seeds in cooking. You'll get poppy seeds and caraway seeds and two all beef patties. Special sauce, lettuce, cheese on a what? Sesame seed bun. Yeah. So seeds are amazing, but you know, seeds are not best when they're just food. Seeds are best when they get planted because something amazing happens to a seed when it gets planted and it gets released into the fertile soil. And so the main point of this message is your life may be great or your life may be terrible. But I tell you what, if even if your life is great, you need to plant your life for something that is amazingly more than what you're going to get here on earth. Plant your life for something that is amazingly more. When I follow Jesus Christ, I'm getting something amazingly more than whatever I would give up. You know, life in Christ is more than what we just give up. It's amazingly more. Uh, In this room, or if you're watching uh, online with us, appreciate that you are and you wonder what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ, and you might get this impression, well, you have to give up this and give up that and give up that. And there are all these things that you have to give up. And they say, well, don't you have to give up this to be a Christian? Well, you know, when I follow Jesus Christ, my life becomes transformed. My life gets to be different. And because of that, it's not that I'm forced to give up stuff. It's just that I realize that those things aren't helping me get to the goal of where I want to be. And so, yeah, there are some things that, that I surrender because God is changing me into something that's amazingly more. And so the whole message of Christ is Jesus is not wanting to just take away from you. He wants to plant you and give you life that is amazingly more than what this earth can, follow, can give to you. So we want to release earth so we can receive eternity. Look at verse 24. He says, truly, truly, or amen, amen in the Greek. It says, truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into earth and dies, it remains alone. If you hold on to what you have in earth, what is the result? You remain alone. God has this plan and he does not want you to be alone. He doesn't want, he wants you to belong. He wants you to belong to his eternal family. He wants you to belong to him. He wants you to have a relationship. Life in Christ is a relationship. It is not about being alone. You know, one of our words for Jesus is Emmanuel means God with us. He does not want us to be alone. You know, he gave this object lesson of the seed. Now he had, uh, I could have brought a, a grain of wheat with me. It's hard to see. I brought a bigger seed here as this is the seed here. Okay. It's a coconut seed. This is what it looks like when it comes off of a, off of a tree. This is what you might notice when you see it uh, in the store, but uh, a coconut 
uh, seed, which is a coconut, which is basically one great big seed. And, and uh, you know, the thing about this coconut seed is that it's got a very hard shell. Inside this coconut, what it has is got string. Um, it's got these three holes. Two of the holes aren't going to be used anymore by the time the coconut develops. So one of those holes, that's where a sprout is going to come out. And inside there's this, there's this embryo of a plant and there's this richness of the coconut meat and the coconut water. There's such richness inside this coconut shell, but you know, you don't get to it. You don't see it because it's just hidden inside the shell. Well, you know, God is, God wants to get inside your shell. There's such richness inside your heart. And some of that we don't want anyone to see because not only is it rich, it's also vulnerable. The vulnerable parts are inside the shell. And, you know, we hold on to the shell because it protects us and it keeps that, that vulnerable part safe, but it also separates us. Isn't that true? Doesn't our shell separate us from each other? And our shells separate us from God? You know, and when I use that hard shell of my soul, to protect myself, what I'm doing is I'm keeping the uniqueness and the richness of how God made me. I'm keeping it from the world and I'm keeping it from Jesus. And Jesus wants you to commit to not to be alone. And the next point I want to make is this, commit to more infectious fellowship. When you trust in Jesus Christ as Lord, it's a, it's a relationship. It's about fellowship and it's infectious, okay? If you just let God into your coconut shell. You know, if you let me get past the shell and that stuff is so rich and, and it may be painful, but God will use those painful parts to do amazing things. He uses your pain very powerfully. Your pain connects with other people's pain. You know, and so I, I remember years ago, someone was, took, had some uh, courage to share the inside of his heart. He was sharing here up on the stage. He said, I, I just want to share with you that, that I'm dealing with depression. I've been dealing with it for a long time. And this is several years ago. Well, I just had three or four weeks ago, someone came up to me and said, I need you to know that when that guy shared years ago, the words he shared have been, have been helping me for a long, 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 long time. I just needed to know that there was someone else that's going through what I'm going through. And that's because someone was willing to let God into the shell and say, this is where my heart is and this is how I can help somebody else. So we need to let Christ into the vulnerable places in, in our lives, those private places. And can I share with you also, church, let me share with you, this is very important. We need to create safe places for people to be vulnerable. We need to, we need to if, whether it's your accountability group, your friendship group, if it's a group that's a Christian group, your life group, you know, if someone shares something that's, that's coming from the very depths of the pain and some of that stuff is real messy and some of that stuff is not real pretty, they need to be able to share and know that they're going to be safe in sharing that if they're going to be vulnerable. I just want to encourage you, life group leaders, create that safe place. When someone shares this stuff, then immediately the, the, the condemnation doesn't come down and the judgment doesn't come down on those people places. Make your group a safe place. Uh, your accountability partners a safe place. In our culture right now, in our culture right now, it doesn't matter which, which side of the political spectrum you're on. We don't have a lot of forgiveness in our culture. The minute someone steps out of the line, either on the right or left, people want to condemn and cancel, right? And forgiveness is not anywhere in the, in the vocabulary. That's not Christian. You know, we, we, need to be, we need to be people of, that are open to forgiving other people. That's what Jesus said, okay? And so we need to be people that, that people can open up and be vulnerable with and not worry about they're going to get canceled for something that happened 20 years ago. 
you know, and, and that, that fellowship, I believe, is infectious. That's the kind of fellowship, that's the kind of power of Jesus Christ that will spread from Jerusalem to Judea to Samaria to the uttermost parts of the earth. Uh, so we need, to, we need to be committed to more infectious fellowship, both in sharing and also accepting those who share. That's what it means to be committed in the Lord. And this he says, he also says in verse 24, he says, but if it dies... <clears throat> If it dies, if that seed dies, if that seed gets planted into the soil and commits not to staying a seed anymore, it bears much fruit. That word for alone is mono, monochromatic, you know, mono, uh, you know, it just means one, uh, where it says it remains alone. But if it bears much fruit, that word is poly, okay? And that means, you know, poly means many. And it says you, you become many fruited there. So it doesn't remain a single seed. If it dies, it planted and it starts transforming itself. Here's what happens <clears throat> out of one of these, one of these hole, uh, one of these holes, that sprout will come out. And then just right down here uh, in the sand, more roots will come out through the bottom and, and, and it has enough water in it to sustain it for a while on the inside. So it doesn't even have to be a place where there's lots of water. It'll start growing into a, a of a coconut palm. You know, we get the mistaken impression sometimes that coconut palms are created to produce coconuts. You realize that's not true. Coconut palms are not, are not created to produce coconut palms. Coconut, I mean, coconut palm, coconuts. They're, man, I got all messed up here. It's even online. Okay. Apple trees aren't made to produce apples. Apple trees produce more apple trees, okay? That's the point I'm trying to make. I'm trying to say it with coconuts. I'm having a hard time getting it out. But coconut palms are not created to create coconuts. They're created to create to make more coconut palms. They make more trees. That's what, that's what reproduction is about. And you see, we get transformed and when we die to ourselves, we're not trying to create more disciples, God wants us to be incredibly more fruitful than that. He wants us to create more disciple makers who will make more disciple makers who will make more disciple makers. And disciples are what happens in the process. And so, you know, um, God wants you to be incredibly fruitful. It's not just about what you're going to do in the power of the seed. You got the power of the tree in you. And uh, we need to be seed casters for other souls so they can be seed casters and spreading the blessing and truth of Christ. Think of what God can do through us, all of us, if we all created not just more disciples, but more disciple makers. God would be doing an amazing thing. We would turn this culture upside down. So commit to incredibly more fruitfulness, not just what God is gonna do through you, but what God is gonna do through the people that God is gonna use you to, to reach. Now, um, anyway, and uh, just a very, very important, important statement. Now, next one's very intriguing. Verse 25, he says, whoever loves his life loses it, and whoever hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Really intriguing. You know, and uh, if you were to read it uncarefully, you might get the idea that, that I shouldn't nurture a healthy sense of self-esteem. Whoever hates his life you know, it doesn't really say that. What he says is whoever hates his life in this world. Do you ever get frustrated with the way things are in this world? I get frustrated with the way things are in this world. I, I, I don't hate my life. I don't hate me, but I do hate the way some things are going in this world. I think that's what he's talking about. You know, uh, 
in the next few minutes, and I'm expecting a few of you to get pretty annoyed with me and just bear with me and I'm sorry. I'm, I'm just, don't care, but <laughs> just bear with me, please. Just, just bear with me as spiritual beings. We're living for Jesus Christ. We're living for eternal life. We're living for eternal justice, eternal truth. We're living for eternal purity, eternal hope. These are the things that we're living for. That's what I'm looking for, okay? And culture will always fall short. It always has. It always will, okay? And Jesus said, whoever hates his life in this world, let me share with you what I hate about life in this world. I hate that there is war in this world. I hate that. I hate that. Okay. You know what I hate? I hate that infants are being killed through abortion. I hate that. You know what also I hate? I hate there, there are women that have to deal with unwanted pregnancies alone because men won't step up and be the men they need to be. You know, it's not just a one-sided issue here. I hate that whole situation. I hate that there are kids that grow up and there's not a mom and a dad in the home because it's so hard for them when they deal with it. You know what I hate? I hate that uh, that kids go hungry because of poverty. I hate that. I hate that black people in this country deal with stuff that I don't deal with. I know they deal with it. I can't totally understand all the depth that they deal with, but I hate that they have to deal with that and that people aren't treated uh, equally in this country. I hate that. I hate that people get sick and weak and frail and die. And I, I, I hate that this past week I visited with two families. They had a death in the family. I hate that people are dealing with grief and they have to go through all that sorrow and that pain. And I hate that when people come to me with a problem, I can't fix every problem with a magic wand. That's what I hate about this world. But I'm not living in this world for this world. I'm not trying to create heaven on earth so people can live with heaven on earth. I'm going to the real heaven, okay? Where there's no more crying, no more dying, no more pain. And I'm gonna take as many people with me. That's what I'm all about. And so we need to commit to a more infinite future. Now, some of us, we spend a lot of time trying to make heaven on earth. It will not happen. That's not the way the Bible says it's going to happen. I want to spend my focus getting people to the real heaven. And I tell you what, if you don't know what it is to follow Jesus Christ, your Lord, you don't know what it means to know that, that when you die, you know you're going to go to heaven. Let me tell you, I want you to come and join me because the, the registration has not closed on that. Okay? And, and, and I'm planning on going to heaven. I want to take you with me. And so if, you're, if you have not yet made that decision to follow Jesus Christ as your Lord, what he does is he opens the floodgates uh, of joy into your life. He brings forgiveness. You got a new start. He has heaven. He's forgiven all the stuff that you've done. And you can walk with him and follow him. And if you want to know how to do that, come talk with me. Let's take that trip together. Let's take that pilgrimage together. Or you talk with someone else that's a follower of Jesus. Take that, take that trip with them. Because that's what we're living for. A more infinite future. Not just heaven on earth, it's real heaven, real heaven. Are you tracking with me? Okay, so verse 26 then, then he says this, if anyone serves me, he must follow me, okay? If you're gonna be a follower of Jesus, you gotta actually follow Jesus, okay? You can't just say it, you gotta actually do it. So if anyone serves me, he must follow me. If I'm a servant with Jesus, I follow him, I serve him, I walk with him, I surrender to him. I, uh, you know, it's not the other way around. See, when I plant my life for him, I commit to follow him. So 
when I'm planting that seed, I'm planting my life, I'm committing to more intentional fellowship. More intentional fellowship. I'm going to be following him more clearly. I follow Jesus. You know, sometimes we go, well, I'm going to follow Jesus. So Jesus, in my prayer life, this is what I'm going to do. I want you to bless me in this and do this for me. That's not following Jesus, okay? That's, that's us saying we're following Jesus, but actually doing it the other way around. You want to find out whether you're following Jesus or not? Look at your prayer life. Look at your prayer requests. Are your prayer requests things that say, Lord, show me how to take this next step with you. Show me how to follow you. Show me what you want me to do. Or are your prayer requests, Lord, would you do this for me? Would you, would you bring this blessing into my life? Because if it's that way, you're not really following Jesus. You're trying to get Jesus to follow you. And you see, we want to follow Jesus. The most important, longest, strongest prayer requests are, are those prayers. And we're just saying, Lord, here's my heart. Here's my life. How are you going to use me? How can I give everything to you? How can I plant my life for you? So anyway, commit to more intentional fellowship. And then this is what he said. I love this in verse 26. He says, and if anyone serves me, he must follow me. And where I am, there will my servant be also. That means that I'm always going to be in the presence of Jesus. That it's a relationship. I'm always going to be in his presence. I'm going to be in the unveiled presence of Jesus when I get to heaven. And it says, and if anyone serves me, the father will honor him. If you think God doesn't like you, God wants to honor you. He wants, not only does he like you, he loves you. He has a plan for you to be with him. He has a plan for you to be approved by him and to be able to live in his presence. It's not that God doesn't like you. God loves you and he wants you to be with him. And when we, when we follow Jesus, what I found in my life, that I have more intense fulfillment. I could not plan my life. I, I had plans for my life when I was going into college. Those plans didn't happen. God gave me better plans. Better plans. I, could, I, I think of the experiences that I've had and the people I have met. And uh, I, I'm just thinking, God, you have just shared some stuff with me I never thought possible. And you know, that's what God has for you too. He has a plan. Life in Christ is not just about dying to self. It is about dying to self. It is about surrender, but not just for the sake of surrender. See, the point is we have to be able to release earth in order to receive eternity. We got to release earth. What are the things that you're holding on to that are keeping you from accepting all the promises, all the fulfillment, all the, all, all the fruitfulness that God wants you to have? You know, a life in Christ, I, I don't know where you are. If you're in this room, you've never trusted in Jesus Christ right now. You can say, Lord Jesus, you can pray. Your eyes can be open. Your eyes can be closed. But you talk to Jesus. He hears you. He hears you. He is omnipresent. He hears you. And you say, Lord Jesus, say this in your heart. Lord Jesus, I know you're alive. And I know I can't save myself. I'm, I'm coming to the reality. I can't save myself. I can't earn my way into heaven. But I know that you earned it by your death on the cross. And I believe you're alive. And I'm going to follow you from this day forward. I'm going to plant my life for you. And Lord, I'm just going to trust in you, not only for the forgiveness, but for the fulfillment, for the future, for the fellowship with you all the days of my life. You make that prayer in the sincerity of your heart. God's doing a special thing in your life. You've started on the most amazing journey.
that will never, ever, ever end. Isn't that amazing? Life forever with Jesus in heaven and an amazing life now. I invite you to make that decision if you've not. We're going to stand right now, and, and after I pray, we're going to sing a song. I'm going to be here at the front. Counselors will be here at the front. If you want to make public a decision, people will come forward and say, hey, I want Jesus in my life. I want to pray at this altar. You can just come up here and just pray. God may be calling you to, to give something to him, surrender that aspect of your life. You may want to join in membership of this church. If you want to be a part of us, here's what we're trying to do. We're trying to help people embrace the life-changing truth of Jesus Christ. You want to join us on that on that journey? Uh, come and meet one of our counselors. We'll help you. And we'd be glad to have you as part of the Anastasia family. Lord Jesus, I thank you for your word, Lord. These words are so powerful and so amazing. And Lord, I pray that you would use them to bring glory and honor to your name. Lord, help us to find the fulfillment that only you can give, the forgiveness that only you can give. And Lord, may your name be blessed forever. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, amen. God's calling you, you come. I cast my mind to Calvary Where Jesus bled and died for me I see his word his hands, his feet, my Savior on that cursed tree. Body bound and drenched with tears, they laid him down in Joseph's tomb, the entrance by heavy stone, Messiah still and all
church. Hey, next week, we're going to gather together to celebrate that our Lord and Savior come to be by the grave, that death could not defeat him, that he is resurrected. And so we're going to gather to celebrate that. Are you going to be here next week as we celebrate that? Amen? But we also celebrate because he is a resurrected Savior. We also have new life in Jesus Christ, that we too have been resurrected from death to life in him think about those who are around you who need to hear that good news that they too can have life in Christ and life everlasting grab one of these cards as you leave and invite someone to celebrate with us next week that we have a resurrected Savior and new life in Christ Amen God bless you church we'll see you next week